Strip down to my skin and my bones. I love huskies, but I feel like a wolf. In a pack, but I Welcome once again to another episode of Budding Industry. Uh, today we are really excited to have Katie Pringle with us. She is a co-founder of Marigold PR. It's a public relations firm, and they've actually started working in the cannabis sector sector as well. They've opened up a, a small subset of their company called Cannabis Communications. So we're going to hear her story. And Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. So just for, to get started, uh, can you tell us a bit about Marigold as a company and your role in the company? Definitely. So my business partner and I, my business partner, Bridget Hoffer, um, who's brilliant, uh, we uh, met about two and a half years ago while I was on mat leave, and I used to work in uh, corporate uh, television doing branding and marketing and social strategy uh, for lifestyle television, and Bridget actually also used to work in television, and she was the executive director for CBC, um, wow. with a really big role there, um, and so we met volunteering uh, locally in Oakville, and the executive director of that uh, of that charity was like you need to meet you need to meet and you know how sometimes people confuse what you do for a living so you're like okay yeah well yeah, <laughs> we'll see how it goes and um so we obviously really hit it off and so miracle pr is just over two years old and last um about this time last year um we started working with our first cannabis client um and the long and the short of it is it's, it's really snowballed from there um it's, it's really interesting because uh, we learned very quickly how different cannabis is than any other brand to try to market, even to use social or um, any of the regular tools that people are used to. So um, we really saw it as a challenge and a, a really big opportunity to get into a new sector and apply our um, really great knowledge base um, from other arenas. Uh, to something new and something which feels right now super Canadian. So we were really excited about that. Yeah, these are definitely uh, exciting times in Canada. It's, you know, we're, we're all eagerly awaiting legalization nationwide. Um, so yeah, you, you sort of told us how you sort of, na- it, it sounds like it was a natural progression for you to go to cannabis. Were you actively looking out, uh, you know, that specific client or was it somebody who came to you and you said, hey, this is something that I think we should do on a broader perspective. Yeah, no, that's right. It was someone that, that came to us, and um, uh, it was actually uh, uh, almost a family friend. So um, it was really something we were doing uh, to help somebody out, and, and we, we learned a lot from the process. And, and what's really interesting is that, you know, in the field of communications and PR, um, you know, it's, it is mostly women. It tends to be quite female-dominated. And so um, it's really interesting that there's so few PR agencies targeting cannabis and that we happen to be a team of women in the cannabis space. Uh, we've been really fortunate that we stand out um, for those characteristics. So, uh, you know, business has moved fairly quickly. And at this point, cannabis makes up about 80% of our business. And, um, wow. Uh, expanding to, to keep up with the demand that's that's awesome so as a, as a so you're you're the company is all women as you said do you find that the the clientele that you have do you find cannabis to be a, a male-dominated field otherwise uh, to a certain extent um, but yeah no to a certain extent but I would think I, I do say that a lot of the LPs that we're getting to know 
um, they really understand that there's a huge market for boomers. There's a huge market for women. There's a huge market for so many different um, categories other than a stereotypical stoner. So uh, it's been nice because they understand the value that we bring being from um, one of the core markets that's opening up for cannabis. So um, we've had a really actual positive experience. And actually the industry is really, really cool and filled with uh, different networking opportunities and some that are exclusively for women and for progressing the careers of women in the industry and um, you know I think a lot of people view it as a brand new industry and so they're coming at it from a really positive perspective um, and that you know there's lots of opportunity for everyone um, and you know those are kind of values that we live by so uh, it's a really great fit and it's so exciting everyone's really pumped up about what's going <laughs> on so yeah. it's, it's a good heat for sure yeah it's definitely we we feel the excitement as well um, and just to build on that, can you can you pinpoint maybe some of the specific opportunities and, and really some of the challenges as well uh, that you've seen as you've started to shift more into the cannabis space versus your other clients? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would actually say that we so a, a major challenge for cannabis is traditional advertising. So. Traditionally, the way you would launch a brand is put a bunch of money into advertising, get great exposure in the right areas, and, you know, it's obviously a lot more complicated, but at the end of the day, that's kind of what you're looking to do. And and cannabis is sort of cut off at the knees, and, um, you know, brands are leveraging Google ads and Facebook advertising and really understanding how to achieve a great results there, and those opportunities don't exist for cannabis in the same way. So... We've been lucky because our our backgrounds in PR, we know how to build organic, engaged communities, and all of that stuff really can happen for cannabis and, and works really well because there's such a need for education, um, such a need for, uh, for opportunity for a dialogue because it's so new to so many consumers and even consumers that have been you know consuming uh, for a long time have have never really been, for the most part, most people have not been educated in, in what they have been um, have been uh, consuming in the past. So um, there's lots of need to have that kind of dialogue. So it's going to be very interesting come legalization to see how all of the different outlets across the different provinces deal with the level of um, education that consumers are really looking for and will really need to understand um, what they're what a brand new experience could be like for them. It's kind of crazy to think uh, you're going to be walking into a store and there's going to be, you know, a bunch of different customers there that I've never consumed before. And they're going to be trying to have the same conversations as someone standing next to them that has lots of experience, but yet has never bought anything legally. So it's, it's pretty amazing when you think about it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's an interesting time. And I think there's something you touched on right at the beginning there. Um, that that's it's really worth considering it's the fact that traditional advertising is not available to you and that's um, you know there's still obviously this huge stigma regarding cannabis it's it's pretty obvious it's, it's still there and I was just sort of wondering um, what are you what do you guys do what's your strategy towards dealing with that stigma when you run into it as pushback whether it's through the communities you're building you know people personally who associate who you associate with through business who may not agree with that direction uh, in your personal life that type of thing yeah so 
you know, I was I was concerned about that out of the gate, and um, that was part of the conscious decision to launch a specific division. Uh, at this point, what that division allows us to do is just have a deep understanding of the industry, um, because at the end of the day, I haven't really felt the stigma from a business perspective. Um, it's been a lot more of an opportunity kind of um, vibe, um, but where you do see stigma is kind of back to how you would do your job normally. So back to, you know, doing media buying and trying to buy advertising and back to trying to position the brand and, and elevate the brand and put it in front of the right people. Um, that's where you still feel it because your, your opportunities are so limited. Um, and I do hope that things will change. Um, I think, um, some things are starting to change with brands like Shopify because they're going to be providing uh, the Ontario Cannabis uh, Store with uh, with their online services. And so, right. you know, I think some of the uphill battles that currently exist and and make doing business challenging, and I do think I'm, that's where we're feeling the stigma, I'm hoping that the opportunity comes their way as well and, you know, things start to get a little bit easier. Um because it is hard. It's, it's hard for cannabis companies to get off the ground. Um, every type of thing like rent, insurance, um, payment processors for e-com sites, like all of those things are significantly more challenging uh, for cannabis brands than anybody else out there right now. Hmm. Have you felt that Marigold was affected in any of these ways that as soon as you started to associate with these brands, you maybe got pushback from... Uh, banks that you were working with or some of your other customers, your, your other clients rather? Yeah, so banks, yes, for sure. Um, that was um, really surprising, but a, a, a good reminder of what our clients go through every day, but, you know, that's kind of how it. Um, the funny thing that's happened is that, um, you know, Marigold also focuses on social good and tech um, as other sectors. And recently, we were at a blockchain uh, conference, and we were doing the PR for, for this blockchain conference, and it was really interesting, and we were talking to all of these, you know, tech people, and um, all they wanted to do was talk to us about cannabis. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it, it's funny, because what we thought would, would be um, difficult has actually become something that makes us really interesting to people. <laughs> mm -hmm. So... How are you preparing for uh, the legalization uh, that's going to be taking place this summer in Canada? Yeah, so actually this week right now we've been um, we've been really kind of reaching out in our network and, and getting some people lined up because um, we've got a lot out there in terms of proposals and it's really just timing. Uh, everyone's just waiting for their licenses to come through um, and then as soon as they do, it's just so quick. Um, and, you know, we're really loving it because it gives us the autonomy to um, really provide great guidance and make some quick decisions for people. Uh, but it's, it's kind of a landslide of, of opportunity out of the gate. So we are definitely staffing up and uh, getting our ducks in a row so that we're ready for, uh, for all of the opportunity that's, that's coming our way. And it, it's really interesting. We're heading out to Alberta and um, the types of businesses that exist in Alberta are going to be different than, than in Ontario and different than in Quebec. So it's kind of neat to see the Canadian landscape and all of 
innovative businesses that are that are you know quickly developing and coming to market. Yeah, so you sort of mentioned that how it's going to be different in each province, and that's that's kind of the thing. It's going to be a nationwide legalization, but each province is going to have some different laws on it. So, being that you're based in Ontario, I wanna I'm curious, what's the what do you see as the ideal scenario and the way it plays out, uh, you know, legally? Um, how, like, what do you think is best for the industry in Ontario? Yeah, so so not qualified to make a legit <laughs> like in, in your best opinion, based in on my, your experience. Yeah, so my hope is that um, you know the, the LCBO in Canada is 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 longstanding. Um, you know, things may or not in Canada, sorry, in Ontario, and things may change. Um, but I think what the LCBO is has been trying to do, and that's um, where you know liquor is housed, and then we'll have the OCS, which is the Ontario Cannabis Store, but um, I think they have tried to evolve, and so they didn't used to carry beer, and then they got into carrying craft beer, and then they didn't used to carry other kinds. So they're they're constantly evolving, and and they are trying new things, and so that's my hope, and I that does seem to be the sense I'm getting is that you know what's being decided now is the beginning, and and there's more to come, and and you know edibles are 2019. And in some sense, I, I kind of understand edibles not coming in right away. There's a lot to understand and a lot to learn um, from a consumer perspective. Um, you know, and dosing is complicated and all of that. So, yeah, I think my my biggest hope is that things continue to evolve. We take all of this as a first step. Um, and and um, we learn from other provinces because, you know, Alberta is, um, what they like to call the wild west of um, kind of the way they approach alcohol and and the way um, cannabis is coming down when you compare it to a province like Ontario. So and then I you know I've heard even stricter um, rules in Quebec in terms of even accessories and things like that. So it's going to be interesting how everyone figures out how to navigate. I'm calling I'm kind of thinking of it as the initial set of laws that are coming down and regulations. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a bit tough to predict. I think we were all a little, uh, I think a lot of people were just a little, you know, starstruck when we heard the idea that it was going to happen, and a lot of people forgot to actually think about the how. <laughs> um, without getting political or anything, how do you, how do you how do you feel it's it's gone so far? You know, the dialogue and everything, and the way it's it's progressed up until now. Um, how do you feel about the way it's shaping up? Well, for me, I think. I constantly remind people when we're in meetings that the conversations that we're having are not the same as the conversations that consumers are having. So I really do feel that consumers are still quite confused and in the dark about exactly what's going on, exactly what's going to be available to them and where. Um, and I mean, the date's still a bit murky too. So yeah. uh, I that's, I think that's something to remember, right? Because we get really immersed in this news and we have a better understanding of it. Um, but there's still lots of work to be done uh, on the consumer side of things. And we talk about it being like an avalanche of brands and right. uh, or going to be in front of them <laughs> come, come the summer. So that's where my head's at is that, you know, what about, you know, the industry is struggling to understand sometimes what the plan is. Um, consumers are going to be even more confused. Right. 
that you brought up a super interesting point. And I'm curious if because you're working in PR and you're dealing with um, the public conversation and the public perception and education uh, in the space, do you find that you have to be a little more careful or you have to put a little more thought into the messaging um, that, that you're putting together for these brands versus in, in other sectors? No, I, I wouldn't say, I think we've always been really careful. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good answer. Good answer. Yeah, I, I don't think it's any more or any less. I think you're probably, um, there's more rules. Um, but in terms of how careful you are and how much you protect your brand and emulate your brands, I, I think it's the same, honestly, <laughs> for us. Interesting. Do you do you find that there's been it might be early to answer this, but in terms of doing damage control for brands, is that something that's that's come up yet or? Yeah, I mean, uh, a little bit. Um, there's been some stuff on the gray market, but uh, and then there's brands making uh, some decisions that they're seeing some backlash for, uh, um, like the recent, um, you know, Gene Simmons kind of appointment as a brand ambassador and you know they figured out a way to do it uh, legally but uh um, or according to the current rules um and you know so there's been some backlash on on things like that and i actually thought it was interesting because it was consumers being like he was against drugs he doesn't even smoke weed so (laughs) that i thought was interesting um that kind of backlash and so you know there's a level of authenticity that perhaps does apply a little bit more uh, to cannabis, um, you know, an expectation for authenticity, I think, applies a little bit more in cannabis than other arenas um, because it, it's newfound trust, right? Like you're, um, most cannabis consumers don't yet have a brand that they trust. Um, so, you know, there's probably a little bit more at stake getting it right out of the gate. Yeah, for sure. Um, so switching gears a bit, uh, you know, you've told us a bit about your business approach and things like that. We just, as a co-founder of a firm that, that does this and focuses on cannabis now, uh, we'd just like to know a little bit about your personal relationship both with you know cannabis and how it's sort of come up with your professional life as well. Yeah, um, I think I'm getting more comfortable like everybody else, learning to kind of talk publicly about about cannabis. And um, you know, I, I, my cannabis has always been around for me, not, not my immediate family, but all my friends and um you know it's it's always been around in my life even professionally um i worked in entertainment so you know there um was a little bit more um acceptable mm-hmm. uh, and so it did surprise me learning when i when we first worked on that first brand how challenging it was um and how difficult it was to get in front of people because from my perspective it had sort of always been around so um and you know, personally, I know I know a lot of people um, that have really struggled with things like alcohol, and I'm really hopeful for um, solutions that can come from interesting innovations and um, you know, amazing plants like cannabis. So that's sort of where I fit in there. And, and at the end of the day, I, I see an opportunity, and I, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I think it's a really positive thing for Canada. Um, and I think it's a positive thing for a lot of sick people, uh, and it's also a lot of fun. And I, 
I do find it safer than alcohol. So that's sort of my, my take on it. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I think that, as you said, it's always been around you and, you know, you are grew up not far away from us, six hours uh, down the road by car. So I think we have a similar experience where growing up, you know, you're relatively close to Toronto, we're in Montreal, it's always kind of been around. And as, as far as I was aware of growing up, as you know, as I learned about it, and became aware of it, it was always more or less readily available. So I think Canada in general is, as a country, and certainly the big cities, you know, Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, it, it's always been here. Uh, so it's, it seems like a natural progression for everybody to have it, you know, be legalized when you think about it and you boil it down. As you said, it, you find it safer than alcohol. There's a lot of arguments to be made for, you know, similar arguments to be made. So I think it uh, it's sort of in line with that. Um, but yeah, as you said, you, you've been around uh, the block, you've been around the ed- entertainment industry. So you've seen it, you know, rear its head in a lot of different ways. I was just wondering if, you know, from your current work, without mentioning any names or anything like that, if you've got any of your more interesting stories that you've dealt with people in the cannabis industry, anybody with some, some outlandish ideas or, or product ideas that, that, that they came to you to try and, uh, to try and grow their brands? Um, outlandish, I wish. Uh, we get approached by a lot of gray market brands, and um, we're trying to figure out where we, we sit. Um, with a lot of them because um, we do work in legal business but a lot of these gray market brands are quickly on their way uh, to becoming really substantial amazing legal businesses Uh, so um, it's less about outlandish ideas and more about ones that you just know are awesome ideas that are coming so soon yeah do you have like a little a little red line where you say okay once you pass this okay we can work with you you're 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 legal enough for us now (laughs) And, um, you know, there are some gray market brands that we're talking to um, because they're very interested in um, being positioned as thought leaders and they're advocates and, um, you know, they're doing some work with um, within the government and things like that. So um, there are areas that um, that we do participate in. Uh, but, you know, it's it's kind of it's case by case. And um, we're definitely meeting everybody because you know, in a hot minute, <laughs> these every, these guys are going to be really well-funded and waiting, and some of them are already really well-funded um, and, you know, ready to kind of roll. So um, they're, the gray market brands are actually extremely interesting to talk to, and, and some of them are actually quite a bit further ahead um, than some LPs in terms of brand positioning and brand identity and what their goals are um, and where they want to dominate the market. So, and so it's, it's pretty fascinating to me how they've been able to get so far um, so quickly. Keep, keep building those relationships. The time will come. Exactly. <laughs> like the topicals arena, so interesting. And hmm. edibles is a, is a bit confusing right now, but, um, uh, but, but like, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, uh, amazing some of the people that we've even met in the edibles arena because there are these awesome chefs like this is what they're passionate about is food and um and all of that and then infused food and so kind of you know the opportunities are endless and it's going to be a really kind of interesting canada uh to think about all of the different you know cool tourism and experiences that will be able to provide people that they've never seen before even you know our own us canadians you know brand new experience (laughs) definitely um 
So just to end off, is there anything, any one thing that's kind of um, stands out in your mind as, as advice that you would give to someone who's looking to move into the space, either from a marketing and PR background, uh, or they have an existing business like you did uh, and are looking to transition into cannabis? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, network, go to the expos, go to the conferences. It's a very unique time where you can meet decision makers on the floor um, and have some really cool conversations. And I think um, right now the industry is so new and um, it's very approachable. So if you're interested, uh, you know, immerse yourself in, in actual events and, and online's great, but you know, actually meeting people goes a long way or, or talking to people like you guys. So um, yeah, network, really meet people, get out there. Awesome. So that's a good plan. You know, get the word out there. That's what we're trying to do. And we're trying to help uh, people like yourselves, other entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, it, it, it's twofold. We try and get inspired. We're trying to inspire our audience. But we're also here to, to try and promote people who are doing this, people who are building brands, people like yourself, uh, who are just trying to get in on this industry. It's an exciting time, like you said. So we're, we're just trying to get along for the ride. Which is awesome. Thank you for that. Thanks for having me on today. It's, um, it means a lot, right? Businesses like mine and um, bigger than mine and smaller than mine. It's, it's so great to have an opportunity to talk to um, people like yourselves and, uh, and, and start to get to know more uh, podcasters and, and cannabis media. It's great. Absolutely. We, we appreciate that a lot. And I'm sure it's going to be a bigger and bigger thing. We'll, we'll hear lots and lots of... Uh, coverage on this as, as it comes it's, it's already become a big industry but as legalization comes to canada as it, as it reaches more states in the in the u.s i think we're just it's, it's only going up from here so again happy to get in on it now and really really happy that you took the time to, to have the call with us today uh we really appreciate it one last thing if uh, if anybody's trying to get in touch with you reach marigold or cannabis communications how can they do that yeah so email me actually katie at miraclepr.com i would be happy um happy to chat and uh, book a call uh, or you can uh check us out uh on uh on social under cannabis.com so cannabis c-o-m amazing all right katie thank you so much again for your time today thank you bye for now take care thanks I need someone who can handle it. Ice on my floor, is my wrist is fixed. I don't need nobody trying to get.